Once upon a time, in a land not so very far away, stories were told of the brave and the bold. The whole court fell silent to hear what the great warrior Mulan might ask for. Of mighty deities and powerful immortals. Immediately, the shimmering skin started to grow before his eyes. Of fated love and love sanctified. In dawn's golden light, Niu Lang said, Marry me. Of great journeys across fantastical landscapes. So the cat and the mouse climbed on the dog's back, and the dog swam across the broad river. In the company of friends and enemies and unimagined beasts. Yeah. Good to see you. Of ordinary folk with tantalizing stories to tell. Heroes and heroines all. It's incredible. How did you do that? Tales of sad sacrifice and victories snatched from the jaws of defeat. Stories of the wise, the accomplished and the quick of mind. 5,000 years of amazing Chinese folk tales. You'll find Chinese Folk Tales Season 3 wherever you discover your favorite podcasts. Discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Roundtable. Coming to you from Beijing, I'm He Young. Good as always to have you join us. Drowning is the number one culprit of children's death between ages of 1 to 14. In fact, it could happen anytime to anyone who has access to water. Summer vacation is here at last. We discuss how to keep outdoor fun safe. And staying in a bathhouse overnight with hot springs and other fantastic amenities has won the hearts and wallets of young people these days. What's so special about today's bathhouse experience? For today's program, I'm joined by Neil Holin and Fei Fei in the studio. First on today's show, drowning, a leading cause of unintentional injury deaths worldwide, typically occurs during the hot summer months. For many, getting away from the sweltering heat includes heading to pools, water parks, spas, or recreational areas that may be in or near water. And children are the most common victims. It's important to take the necessary precautions to prevent drowning. And that's what we're talking about today. So guys, could you first provide us with statistics about drowning and how serious is it? Of course. So like Heyang has already mentioned, drowning is the third leading cause of unintentional injury death worldwide. Actually, it accounts for 7% of all injury-related deaths. Drowning has caused over 2.5 million deaths in the last decade, and there are an estimated 236,000 annual drowning deaths worldwide. 90% of these deaths happen in low- and middle-income countries. And I would assume it's because of the lack of uh, swimming education and as well as the education of how to save a person when they are suffering from drowning and the lack of lifeguard in related areas. Exactly. And also, I think one really surprising part of these figures is that globally, the highest drowning rates occur among children aged 
between one to four years old, and then followed by children aged between five to nine years old. And there are a lot of factors that are contributing to these figures. For example, as Heyang mentioned, in hot summer months, children who spend their summer vacations at home, away from school, and they have more access to water, like swimming pools or even open water resources like the ponds or lakes or river nearby their houses. And I think another factor is that the flood disaster are also becoming more frequent and more severe in these past few years, especially with as a result of the climate change. And we are now seeing more drowning risks in with floods, particularly in low and middle income countries. And that I think it can't really rely on, you know, learning to swim mm. because in floods and in a flooding area is another problem than learning to swim and learning about safety cautions around waters. So I think this, these are two major sphere of this drowning issue. So it's kind of like, are you voluntarily getting into the water or not? Mm-hmm. And flooding obviously is involuntary. Mm-hmm. And then if one is unfortunately in that situation, are you able to save yourself? Or can the necessary help be on the way or arrive in time? And that's really another big issue, mm-hmm. so to speak. But yeah, like uh, Fei Fei mentioned earlier, I was quite surprised by these numbers, especially how young that children seem to be at such great risk of drowning. And um, as we were sort of digging into more information on this subject, I came across this term dry drowning, which is an oxymoron. It basically means uh, it's when someone takes in a small amount of water through their nose and or mouth and it causes a spasm that makes the airway close up and it occurs among toddlers because, you know, for infants and toddlers they could easily drown let's say in in a bathtub or a bucket water that kind of thing so yeah there are so many different aspects of this quite tragic subject that we need to i think uh, dig in and also raise awareness and that's definitely a big part of the discussion so aside from age as one of the um, ways to distinguish and take this uh, drowning issue apart. Apparently, gender is something that uh, we can use as lenses to look at the subject as well. Yes, actually, males are especially at risk of drowning, with twice the overall mortality rate of females. Studies suggest that higher drowning rates among males are due to increased exposure to water and riskier behaviors such as swimming alone, drinking alcohol before swimming alone, and boating. And actually, because I grew up in the northern part of the country and also in an innerland area part of the country, so and also in the city, so I really have zero experience in swimming in a river but for some of my college friends some of them are actually well they were raised in the countryside and also it was really hot in the southern part of the country and they have rivers nearby near their homes and for them little you can imagine young boys would call on each other and actually dare each other to swim in a wild river and the river looks calm and cool and a scorching summer day is really appealing yet you can never underestimate the undercurrent 
in the water. It can be really, really dangerous. But I have actually friends from college saying that they've experienced themselves, or they have witnessed their friends experiencing almost drowning experience in the wild rivers. It can be really risky, and it's not just in the wild river, which is, I mean. A natural environment has its own risks,、mm-hmm. but also in swimming pools. Sure,、mm-hmm. and that's the most tragic and mind-boggling thing. That is, a lot of the、um, accidents that occur in these pools, or a fair amount of them, actually occurred when there were a lot of people around.、Mm-hmm. And so you would have thought that oh, one pair of eyes should be looking and watching out for kids, but. It happens. Yeah, I guess it's just really difficult, especially for those unprofessional, regular people like us, to spot whether they're just simply having fun in the pool or they're quietly struggling there and they def- desperately need help. And I think that's also why I think we have been seeing more safeguards and、uh, around the pool areas in. For example, a public swimming pool, and they are constantly there, sitting really high up and watching everybody. And sometimes they're circling around, sort of warning people before they are taking really risky behaviors. And I think, and also, what about parents? You know, if well, maybe it's not every time when parents. Can themselves take the kid to the swimming pool, or if you're just a swimmer yourself, you that, know that is a very good point because for parents. First and foremost, you should always keep an eye on your kid. Don't chat with others. Don't play with your phone. It's really, really dangerous. Always eyes on the kid. But actually, keeping an eye on the kid might not be enough because、mm-hmm. for. Uh, adults, you are advised to not swim alone, and for kids, even if kids are swimming together, it's equivalent of them swimming alone because without an active adult swimming in the pool with them, and because we always have this imagination or this impression that when a person is drowning, they are having their arms flying in the sky and shouting out loud, screaming help, help, but that is not the case. Actually, when someone is drowning, they have no energy of doing. Any of those, they are trying really hard to just keep their mouth and nose up above the water, and that is that takes all of their strength. Can I just add one point here that I think the TV shows, TV drama, yeah, and really bad. Yes, they've got such a misleading and horrendous influence on our impression of drowning. That's one, and also giving birth because <laughs> <laughs> neither is realistic.、Uh, I think it's very misleading, and、yeah. in fact, drowning happens quickly and silently, quietly, desperately.、Well. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's really dangerous and really scary. And actually, I do have a little bit of figure here. Actually, it takes around twenty to sixty seconds for someone who's drowning. They can only keep their heads. Up above the water for around twenty to sixty seconds, which means that is the amount of time that you can notice them. And after about seventy-one seconds, they would lose all the strength to stay up in the、mm. water. They would start falling. And after one hundred and thirty seconds, their blood pressure started to drop. And after three hundred seconds in the water, basically, we're losing one life. Three hundred seconds—that is just five minutes. So it's 
really, really dangerous and desperate. Mm. And it's important to have the lifeguard. Yes. And that's, I think that's now the sort of the default setting, the necessary requirement for any licensed public pool or public beach as well. Yes, yes, yes exactly. Because yeah. Yeah. I myself had a really near drowning experience near the ocean like a few years back because that was like my first time ever swim or play around the sea and I have no idea you know it looks like it's like a really calm sea area and a lot of people are having fun. There the are people... calmness scares me as well, by the way. Yeah, and, and then we, we thought, you know, it would be fun for us as well that we follow suit to other swimmers and people are having fun there. So we dip into the water and then before you can realize it, my feet cannot reach to the bottom mm. of the sea. And then luckily there are some surfers around and they sort of drag us back to the beach. And then I learned that even though at a really crowded open water area and you think the water surface is really calm, a lot of people are having fun, it doesn't mean, and also you can swim, you know how to swim and you consider yourself a pretty much a good swimmer. Uh, But at the same time, it can, you know, the risks can come to you before you can notice it. Because during, in that Um, area of the sea I learned later that it was in Australia so they have this current called the rape currents Mm -hmm. which basically is like the current is dragging you into the sea that as long even you are the strongest swimmer in the world you can't really struggle with the currents Mm -hmm. so then you are slowly being pulled into the (laughs) deep sea area and the only thing you can do is just to relax and float on the water until you know help arrives (laughs) you just gave me goosebumps and not in a good way so so i I mean that's like really uh i don't know a wake-up call to 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 not lay down you know to not sort of lay back on your guard and especially to keep warning yourself keep yourself safe until it's too late and there is no way maybe other people haven't noticed you and you can't really do anything yeah and people can it's quite easy to have these like spasms in in the uh, leg when you're in water for Mm. a long time and this could occur of course you know in the swimming pool or in an open natural water source kind of thing and what's more scary about the ocean is the tide just comes over and could just swallow you in Ah. make you disappear very scary that's sort of another reminder for the swimmers out there is that even you though you are just swimming in a swimming pool to warm up before you mm. get into the really most of the time cold waters mm. that's when most of the time you will experience the spasms and then maybe before you know it you are sort of slowly drowning to the bottom okay. so always warm up yes and i do appreciate it that Fifa, you mentioned that swimmers don't you know this is a misunderstanding that swimmers won't drown and also one thing i think it would be useful to clear up as a misunderstanding is that holding hands mm can um oh, save, save the, no, yeah no, no, can, no, can no. you can save each other and then go into the water and possibly wanting to save another person holding hands really doesn't mean much when when you're standing in the ocean so yes. yeah that, even if you're swimming in a swimming pool holding hands might not help because for holding, why would you hold hands in the swimming pool I, so no i mean want when to... you want to save someone uh-huh. oh uh-huh, that... not like a friendly handshake <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> sorry got it wrong 
<laughs> because actually,、uh, according to regulations here in China, for every two hundred and fifty square meters,、uh, it requires three lifeguards, and two of them should be sitting on the really tall chairs we talked about. The chairs are always among one. Point nine meters tall, and the other one should be patrolling around the swimming pool. And for every extra two hundred and fifty square meters, one lifeguard should be added. But the thing is, nowadays because it's a swimming pool, and people would sometimes lower their guards. They would think that no one's going to drown in a swimming pool, which is not the case.、Mm-hmm. Which makes some of the lifeguards a little bit less vigilant. Some of them are sitting on the tall chair, even some. Some would be playing with their cell phone for five minutes without heading or raise their heads up and watch actually what is happening in the swimming pool really really bad. And back to Heyang's previous points of hands holding won't help. Actually, when you want to save someone who is drowning, it takes. It takes a great amount of training for you to do that, for you to know how to do that. Actually, if you want to apply for a certificate or、uh, take the test to become a lifeguard, there are two tests. For the written test, you need to know all the information about saving someone, and for the practical tests, it's also very complicated. Actually, you need to know the right posture to get into the water because if you just slowly walk into the water, that will not save time. So you have to jump into the water with the Right position, and you need to know how to approach someone who is drowning because they would see you as a last resort. A when they're very desperate, so they might also drag you into the water. So the proper way to approach someone who is drowning is also one of the test items, and also how to drag them onto the. Solid land and how to actually how to unlock them from your own body is one of the test items, and the last one is proper CPR. So you need to learn and test all of those to become a lifeguard. Which means only after that you are certified, you are qualified to save someone. So my suggestion here is, if you see someone drowning, throw something into the water so they can grab it and stay up in the water. Instead of going in and save them by yourself, if you are not one hundred percent confident, exactly. And I think,、um, especially for most of us who haven't really done any of the life-saving trainings and even the swimming techniques that、mm. we grasp, is not that good. And I think the first thing we can do is actually call for help. Whether is double one o or is one two o, just make the phone calls and throwing something floating to help the drowning person, and then you know maybe yell to maybe someone passing by. Maybe they are having this life saving license, or they are much a better swimmer than you, and just don't take. The I think really impulsive decision、mm. to jump into the water yourself, because I think a few years back here in Beijing, at least we are hearing during the summer seasons, people who try to save another drowning person end up drowning himself, and I think that's definitely not something we want to see, and so we do encourage people to call for help. And then throw something floating. Reach, throw, don't go. Yeah, exactly. And that's unless you're totally capable. Yeah. Yes. Well, who's totally capable? 
I mean, that's another question. But mm. but also, I don't think we should always just rely on, oh, somebody's there to help, that kind of thing. Also, you know, there's the individual kind of aspect of things, but also there's the systematic, sure. structural procedures that possibly should be in, in place so that people aren't in those situations. So you know, without care or or caution, that kind of thing. And that's the part that I like to pick your brains about. And um, one could argue about having lessons, swimming lessons in all schools. And that is a regulation in many developed countries. And here in China, we've talked about this before, but it's just so far still impossible for every school to Mm -hmm. have a swimming pool Mm -hmm. um that's one thing and also you know with these uh indoor swimming pools public licensed swimming pools you guys have mentioned that there's the lifeguard who should act as the rescuer in that sense and also supervise and what about you know in these wild water spaces you should not be swimming in the wild water spaces fenced up up or um you know the kind of caution that needs to take place as such so so, you know, guys, feel free to share your thoughts on this aspect. Yeah, I think in the worst scenario that you are actually drowning in a wild water and mm. you didn't, you couldn't see any help nearby. And I would think just keep in mind to stay calm as much as you <laughs> oh. can, even though I know it would be difficult. But I think struggles is not the thing that are going to save yourself from mm. the wild waters. I remembered reading an article about a boy who accidentally fell into one of the wild rivers and it was just the water was very flowing really fast and he can't really swim himself. So he sort of relaxed and floating on the water. So he flowed down the river for, I think, hundreds of meters before he was saved and he was very 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 clever and he provides a very good lesson for all the people out there that if you are so unlucky and got trapped in a wild open water sources just remember to relax and float up relaxing will help you to keep floating on the water compared with you know keep struggling and having your hands waving and your 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 legs are sort of kicking and you're thinking you are pulling yourself up but it would just keep dragging you down deeper into the water so relax and naturally you will be floating on the water surface and wait for somebody else to notice you and then provide help. And that's for possibly an able swimmer. And if you don't know how to swim, first of all, just don't get into the water. That's my suggestion. Yes. And I'd like to say, because a while ago I was traveling in Hangzhou and I like the West Lake so very much. It's very beautiful. But to my surprise, there is no fence around the West Lake. And again, coming from someone who is raised in the northern part of the country, it startled me a little bit. But I learned that there are lifeguards uh, patrolling around the open water area, which is my suggestion to all open water areas. That is, if you find that area a scenic spot, that fence would definitely destroy the scene, then maybe having someone to constantly always patrolling around the area making sure if anything should have happened you have someone to actively come into the rescue and for those just reservoir or wild lakes that is with no i would say 
beauty value for travelers. Just fence them up. Make sure young kids don't dare each other to swim in those open water areas. Yeah, and that's. Actually, a huge debate that occurred or reoccurred every few years,、mm. because with some of these large water spaces, it might be almost impossible to fence it up every、Entirely. inch.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, so therefore, what a lot of the times happens is there will be these、um, big. Boards, notice boards、uh, yes, that have no swimming. Yeah, with the red characters painted on them, and then you know they'll erect these things once, however long a distance, to give people notice. But there is only so much a sign can, can do, do. Really, we're constantly seeing people taking off their clothes right off the board. Trying to jump into the water to swim. Then you're on your own. Yeah, you can't really blame anybody else. Essentially, if you know this is a place where there's no one watching, this is simply not safe. Even if you're a swimmer. Yeah, exactly. And I think a, a lot of the misconception comes from seeing others. For example, in the inner city of Beijing, we are seeing a lot of. Uncles, 大爷 swimming in the rivers、oh, yeah. and lakes. They are really, really good swimmers. They may have years of experiences swimming in this world, rivers and lakes. That doesn't mean that everybody can do that.、Mm-hmm. And I think, especially in recent years, it's becoming a trend that deep into the rivers, inner city of Beijing, kayaking on top of it is a trendy activity. Yes, yeah, exactly. And just maybe it won't be that good of an idea if you don't, for example, have a life life jacket or you are not a good swimmer.、Mm. Maybe just relaxing by the river would be a better choice. Yeah, and also the World Drowning Prevention Day is held annually on July the twenty fifth. So there is. A specific day dedicated to raising awareness on this issue, and according to a report released by People's Daily Online last year, around fifty-nine thousand people died of drowning in China each year, and fifty-six thousand of them were minors, accounting for over ninety-five percent of the total number. Well, the words of a swimming instructor. Struck with me as we we're doing research on this subject. The two most important things to teach a child are to read and swim. A child will drown without both. Well, something to think about. You're listening to Roundtable. Coming up next, what's so special about Chinese bathhouses today? Stay tuned.